This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realized we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother Rayul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra-thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza, but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Rayul wants is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. His only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Pleased to welcome uh, back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster, Harry Neal. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Fine, how are you? We're great. Thanks so much for joining us, uh, Harry. Uh, Don't know if you got the opportunity to watch the Leafs last night, but I'm sure you're keeping up to speed on uh, what's going on. Uh, Pretty good effort from the Leafs last night. Uh, Some pushback. Uh, Leafs Nation seems to be happy this morning about uh, Joe Thornton, John at Nicholas Ehlers, and Wayne Simmons and Nick Foligno making their presence known out there. Your assessment of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Harry, is... uh, what do you see up there? Well, they've got uh, they've made some nice changes to add to their lineup that they thought they needed a little help. And you just mentioned three of them, and uh, you know their their big question mark is the defense and led by goaltending because you know in the Stanley Cup playoffs and they're going to be in that for sure. Uh, goaltending becomes even more important because it's harder to play goal when everyone tries a lot harder defensively. So. It's goals against is their weakness, and uh, some nights it looks like it's solved, and some nights it looks like it isn't. Um, Naz? 
Montreal's uh, played without Claude Julien. Does a coaching change ever make a difference in midseason, Harry? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the coach always gets blamed if the team isn't playing the way the owners or the manager likes. And sometimes it's a move that really helps, and sometimes it's a move that doesn't make any difference. It, uh, it's going to all depend on the players. And Montreal seems to be a team that some nights looks like they're a lot better, and other nights looks like they're in trouble. So. Uh, consistency is their problem, and it'll be interesting to see what happens as we continue. Uh, Lou, um, who do you think is going to stop in? Uh, stop into that fourth uh, playoff spot. It looks like right now Montreal could be uh, could be in severe trouble. Calgary, I think, is only four points back, and Vancouver's got all those games in hand. Uh, do you, what do you see going down the stretch here uh, with, with those three teams? Well, it'll be interesting to see if in, what's going to happen between uh, uh, Calgary and uh, Montreal. I don't think Vancouver's got enough power to come from behind, although they play a lot of games, but that's not as easy as it looks because it, to play a lot of games in a short period of time, especially with their lineup, it's, it's going to make it impossible, I think, for them to, to catch... Uh, Montreal or Calgary. Montreal looks like a team that's going to be in there. Calgary's got a bit of a chance, only four points back, but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next 10, eight, ten days. Uh, Harry, last night uh, Paul Maurice uh, made a, a coaching decision, which um, interesting coaching decision. His assistant captain, Mark Shifley, um, I guess didn't perform well on a, on a certain play, and Paul Maurice decided to bench him uh, for most of the second period. I understand it was 17 minutes. Former coach, uh, what do you think of a you know? Here's uh, here's a player supposed to be one of your leaders, one of the you know in in some in some in some uh, circles considered in the discussion for the Hart Trophy. And you bench him in an important game. What do you think of a move like that, Harry? Well, there's not much a coach can do, and I think there's a little more to the history of that—not just one play that he didn't make or he screwed up. Uh, and it's uh, you know, it's the one way the coach can tell the player he's not happy. And he, I don't think he'd ever do it to a player that he didn't know what the reaction would be. And I think you saw a better performance in the third period, and you'll see a better performance now because that wakes them up. Yeah, it certainly does. Ness? Where does the Minnesota Wilds record come from? They're 30 and 13. Well, I, you know, they've got, they've made, I think they've made the playoffs eight of the last nine years, so in the playoff run for Minnesota is not anything different. Uh, and they've got an experienced lineup, and and uh, I think they're going to be a real problem in the Western Division when the playoffs start. And uh, I think one of the reasons is that they've got good goaltending most nights, and all four lines can produce, and their defense core is pretty solid. So, And then I think they play the type of hockey that are, most teams turn to in the playoffs, and that is close checking and not much gambling and play it safe. Luke? Uh, uh, Harry, um, who plays who in in the in the semifinals, and which do you think is the toughest division to get out of right now? Because it seems like they're all pretty close. Uh, yeah, but it's you know each division has its own style and uh, to to their play. 
Well, you got to think that the, the West Division with Vegas and Colorado are having such a great year, and Minnesota's not too bad in the third spot. So I think it's impossible to predict what's going to happen. Uh, Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Nashville look like the teams in the Central, and any one of those teams could come out of that division. And uh, then in the East, uh, is Washington going to kind of get going again? And Pittsburgh looks like they're just on the rise, and the Islanders are awful tough to beat. And so is Boston. So the playoffs, to predict what's going to happen in the playoffs, you got to be a lot smarter than you and I. <laughs> uh, it's certainly going to be a crapshoot this year. I, I, you know, given given the the way uh, things have been set up, um, there's so many teams. I mean, there's eight games, eight games, eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, depending on which team you are, other than the Vancouver Canucks, uh, games left, and there's so many teams that are battling it out for first in their divisions. Um, so anything can really happen. I, Harry, what do you what do you foresee? I mean, we normally normally in a, in in the playoffs we always have we always have upsets. Uh, I don't I don't even know if some of these things are going to be considered upsets this year because you're getting, you know, four the top four teams in each division that are separated by maybe two or three points in a lot of cases. So I'm, I'm not sure the concept of upset applies this year. But do you foresee um, anything dramatically different about playoff hockey this year? Um, um, it, it, it's certainly, they say playoff hockey is different than regular season hockey. A sense that there's uh, going to be any different this year? I don't think so. Uh, I think for the this year versus other years, that the it, it's very difficult to predict who's going to win any either division. And if somebody looked at you with a gun and said, tell me who's going to win a Stanley Cup, there's probably about six teams that you'd consider. And it would be hard to separate one. Playoff hockey is a little different. and Some of the teams that are successful all season, the way the games are played, uh, can't play the way you have to play in the playoffs when you're playing the same team, maybe in seven games, and at the end of a schedule that's not been normal. Uh, I I worry about what's going to happen with the Canadian division winner when they have to play a team from the United States in the the second round. Where are they going to play if the COVID uh, COVID uh, situation is still like it is in Canada versus the U.S. Ness, Harry, did the Sabers? Uh, what did they end up getting for Taylor Hall? Was it, did they get ripped off in the deal? I don't think so. Any t- trade that they've made, it's for the future, or it's to load up their third and fourth line. And I like their defense core. It's young. They have some trouble some nights, and I like their first two lines if they got healthy. But they've got about five, four guys that are out, including Eichel, who's gone for the season. And so, uh, they're. Uh, I think that their future looks better than the present because they do have some good young players, especially on defense. And the scouts tell me that they've got three or four good, real good prospects that look like they're going to be NHLers, and they're kind of giving those guys a bit of a chance. And uh, in, in, in the recent games and in the games that remain. Yeah. Harry, well, uh, we won't keep you much longer. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Maple Leaf talk is always predominant on, on, uh, in the Toronto area and on this station. Um, you've seen uh, enough of the Leafs this year to uh, sort of form a, an opinion based on what you've seen uh, against uh, 
some of the other teams playing. Colorado and Vegas obviously are, are being touted as uh, Stanley Cup contenders, uh, but <laughs> Pittsburgh, Washington, Islanders, Bruins, Carolina, Florida, Tampa, Minnesota Wild, uh, it, it, it's, literally, uh, it, it's literally a casino this year. Um, where are the Leafs really, in your sense, where do they rank and where do they... Uh, how uh, where 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 the chips fall for the Leafs? Well, I think that they are a team that they've shown many times this year that they they could be a team that you could pick and not feel that you're picking a complete underdog. And then other nights it looks like what, they're not going to be able to do it. But they've made some changes that help their lineup, especially for playoff type hockey. And I think that you'd uh, you'd be silly not to think that they could really get a go a long way in the playoffs. I'm not predicting that is going to happen. And I think this year to be asked to predict a team from any division that's going to get out of their division and then into the second round and be successful, it's a true guess. And if you ask me Monday, uh, I might have a pick, but if they phone back Tuesday, I'd have another one. <laughs> Anyways, Harry, we want to uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's always appreciated. Uh, keep well, and uh, hopefully we chat soon. Thanks so much, Harry. All right. Well, if you believe me, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Neal still uh, thanks, Harry. Hasn't, uh, hasn't lost a step. Always uh, incisive, but always irreverent. Uh, always a pleasure having him. Uh, before, we, uh, before we go to break, Nance, uh, we're talking about Leafs and where they, uh, where they stack up. And it, it, is, and it is an exceedingly difficult year to... Uh, you know, there, there's so many teams that are that are um, like look like contenders this year. I mean, you go through the numbers. You got the Leafs. You can call Winnipeg and Edmonton contenders. I'm not so sure about the Habs and Calgary, but anything can happen in the playoffs. But you look at Carolina and Florida. I mean, they're they're at the top of uh, their division. Tampa, Tampa, of course, the Lightning, or of course, the Stanley Cup defending Stanley Cup champions. The Wild, as you pointed out, Naz. Uh, Pittsburgh, Washington Islanders, Bruins. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen a year like this one. Should should be fascinating uh, in terms of the way this might shake out. I did. Uh, there's always a, a site that I check out that posts the current odds for winning the Stanley Cup. And as of this morning, the Toronto Maple Leafs are considered the number two favorite at a 17 percent chance. Number one, Colorado, 25% chance. Vegas, number three at 15%. Does that sound about right, guys? Sounds about right to me. Lou? Uh, this is, uh, we're going in uncharted waters here. It, it, it's really, you look at the, it, it's more or less it's, when you play with your own division, you don't know what the other teams really have. Now, if we're talking the Leafs going to the final four or, or the uh, the final a the semifinals, I, I could see that happening. Definitely because of the division that they're in, they are definitely the, the, the class of this division. Uh, but playing against the other teams, it's going to be uh, a more or less. We're, we're going to go in. They don't know what what, uh, what the regular season held, uh, and you're and you're facing this team instead of facing this team during a regular season, they're going to have to look at a lot of video and take a look at who they have and what they have. Because you've got Vegas, you've got Colorado, obviously. Uh, you've got uh, Tampa, uh, or uh, Carolina, and, and Florida. And then you've got Washington, Pittsburgh, and probably the Islanders. So 
So that's a lot of stuff to take in. It's, I it's certainly is going to the final four. Yeah, but again, you know, it, it's going to be a it's going to be a tough road ahead, and anything happens in the playoffs, and that's what this team is going to be judged on. It's not going to be judged on the sixty five games. It's going to be judged, guys. We are here to get to the finals, plain well, and simple. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, a, a first round flameout uh, isn't going to go over very well in Leafs Nation, um, but you know, being realistic. You know, Edmonton's, uh, Edmonton's uh, mind you, are probably not going to get Edmonton in the first round. Very unlikely. Very unlikely we're going to get Winnipeg. I, I think the mathematical odds of that are pretty slim at this point in time. Um, we would at least would have to fall to second place, and they're eight points clear now with eight, uh, uh, with eight games to go, although I think Edmonton's got a couple of games in hand. So, you know, anything's possible, and we get a, we get a diet of Montreal Canadiens for the next couple of weeks. I think we we get them four out of eight times. So, unlikely the least, we're going to... The Leafs could knock them out, Wally, Montreal, because they play them so much. Uh, it's, I think it's, yeah, if, if the Leafs take all four of those, uh, adios, Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, Calgary might get on a little bit of a run here. wouldn't take much, so... Uh, Certainly, um, certainly that could happen. Um, but I, I think, and uh, my sense of it is that the margin of error is going to be very, very, very tiny this year in the playoffs. And if the Leafs are going to be successful, and this is stating the obvious, uh, but the, last night was the pro forma of uh, what the Leafs need to do to win and it all starts between the pipes if jack campbell or freddie anderson i've got to presume freddie anderson's uh if his health permits he's going to see some action in the playoffs at some point in time unless jack campbell stands on his head every single game uh, that's where it all starts and if they get performances like they did last night from jack campbell uh, then this team this leafs teams in the thick uh, uh it's certainly in uh in the discussion to hoist the Lord Stanley's mug, no question about it. If the goaltending just becomes adequate, that ain't going to win it in the playoffs. So I'd like to see Freddie Anderson get healthy um, so that, you know, so that Keith has, uh, you know, he can, uh, he can alternate if he has to. Um, but that's certainly where success is going to come in the playoffs for this Toronto Maple Leaf team. Uh, guys, your thoughts on that before we go to break? Well, I, I don't, uh, Ira, you're absolutely right with the goaltending because Winnipeg's got the upper hand. They got better goaltending than Toronto. Uh, you got Carey Price in Montreal who can steal a, a game in a series. Who's injured? Uh, yeah. Uh, and you got uh, Markstrom in, in Calgary who, who had a hell of a year last year with Vancouver. Uh, and I even think that the Vancouver uh, tandem of Demko and uh, and Braden Holtzby are better than what the Leafs have right now. So really, it's going to come down to goaltending is going to be the number one factor. And if if I'm uh, Kyle Dubas, do I put Frederick Anderson in net in the playoffs after he hasn't played in two months? Over. Well, that 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 will be an interesting decision that's going to made at obviously of Jack Campbell at at that point in time, and I you know I 
not so sure about the, about the third guy there, Radic. Um, you know, he. The only thing I know about him is he stood on his head when he was playing for Calgary and he was playing against the Leafs. But um, um, you know that uh, that'll be an interesting decision at a moment in time after Campbell's had one or two, let's say, less than stellar games in the playoffs. Which, knock on wood, that's not what we're hoping for. We hope uh, we hope uh, Jack Campbell wins twelve games. Um, so uh, th- that's certainly our hope. But being realistic, there may be there may be dips at certain point times in the playoffs. You know, maybe, maybe this is the 1967 Toronto Maple Leafs. Who knows? Maybe maybe it's Johnny Bauer and Terry Sawchuk. I mean, I'm not going to suggest that Jack Campbell and uh, and Freddie Anderson are, are are Johnny Bauer and Terry Sawchuk. That's not my point. But the point was in in '67. You know, uh, uh, you know, I think they started off with Bauer, and then Sawchuk uh, Bauer got hurt. I think in Game Three or whatever, and then Sawchuk had to come in. And ultimately, Sawchuk was in in the net. So there are there are uh, historical parallels uh, in Toronto Maple Leaf land where you know you've got to alternate goalies during the playoffs. Naz, really quickly before we go to break, take a look at the stat. Leafs shoot over over thirty shots in a game. They've really cut down their shots on goal. Haven't allowed more than forty all year. And in the past few years, they were allowing forty almost every second night. So they've cut down their goals against, and they've cut down the shots on goal. And they're going to be very tough to oust in the first round of the playoffs. On that note, we'll go to break. We'll be right back. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Also joining us this morning, former Washington Capitol, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Leapin' Lou Franceschetti. Lou, good morning. How are you, sir? Morning, gentlemen. How are you today? It's uh, We're doing well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Lou. Uh Doing well. It's hard to believe, Ness. Uh I can't remember the last time we were in studio. It's been a long time. Um, uh, I guess it's over a year and a couple of months now. It's hard to believe how time flies. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. I, I got to tell you, Naz, I miss the studio days. Uh, I was always yeah, they were good. They were good. Yeah, <laughs> used to look forward to uh, getting up Sunday mornings, uh, reading my uh, reading Steve Simmons' column in the in the Toronto Sun to get ready for the show, heading down to the studio, and then uh, Lou would uh, Lou would call us. I'd have to go open up the door for him, and uh, man, I hope I hope those days come back at some point in time. And the discussions in between uh, commercials were great. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, you know what? It, it, it's uh, you know you I, you're at uh, you're you're home in Nobleton. I'm in my place in Richmond Hill. Uh, Lou's down in uh, Toronto, uh, uh, pining for the good old days, as they used to say. Uh, Men love to go back and uh, do this in studio again. But uh, haven't been having a lot of fun doing it from home as well. Been staying safe, which is the important part of the of the discussion. Um, Leafs guys, so we got Harry Neal coming on after the. Uh, after the first break, and uh, we're going to talk some Leafs, but uh, talk some NHL. Let's give it a, uh, let's do a little bit of an intro. Naz, uh, 
You know, we uh, we come on Sunday mornings and we sort of recap the Leafs week and uh, the week before. The Leafs started off well early in the week and uh, tanked a little bit at the end of the week. Uh, the reverse scenario this week, a couple of uh, subpar efforts against the Canucks out west, but uh, they uh, brought their, uh, I would say, pretty close to their A game against the Winnipeg Jets uh, in the last two games, two crucial victories to... Uh, Put them eight points clear in the North Division. Uh, certainly last night's game. Uh, Leafs were impressive, impressive throughout the whole lineup. No real, uh, no passengers for the Leafs last night, Naz. Wally, the Leafs do not look flawed. They're good in both ends of the rank. Their goaltending has been a little suspect a couple of games, but everybody has that. And uh, they look pretty tough to beat in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. And I don't think Winnipeg wants to play them at all. Uh, you know, I think Winnipeg's had enough of the Leafs. Uh, Lou, uh, we can we can break down the Leafs' performance uh, player by player, but overall, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you don't like to if you get a bad effort, you don't like to say, uh, you know, that you don't like the color. It's a, it's a long season. Um, a couple of good efforts last last couple of evenings, especially last night. It was sort of. Uh, Playoff hockey. Leafs waited for their breaks, and they uh, they got you know certainly a, a huge break on the Mitch Marner goal, where the you know uh, Hellebuck went uh, went to get the puck, and he was going to move it around the boards, and it just popped out in the front. A bad bounce, and Marner, ever the opportunist, uh, pounced on that one, and certainly Leafs took advantage. But you know the kid last night, uh, you know Bogosian's out, Hyman's out, but we got uh, we got Felino in the lineup and uh, Thornton. <laughs> Thornton got pretty nasty last night. For, uh, scored the first goal on a on a wraparound skill goal, uh, oldest goal ever to be scored. Uh, sorry, not oldest goal. Um, the, the goal scored by the oldest Maple Leaf in history. I don't know exactly how old Joe is. I think forty one, forty two, but uh, he said. He set a Leafs record last night. Overall, your impressions last night, Luke? I, I really, uh, I was impressed last night because there was no, uh, there was a lot of pushback. Uh, you know, Winnipeg came out and, like they usually do, they they come out physical. They know that uh, that's one of the ingredients that uh, you can beat a, a good Leaf team. Uh, but it just seems like this year, you look at the, the rivals that they've had in the Northern Division. It's certain teams don't want to play certain teams in the playoffs, and you look right down the schedule uh, from from Toronto to, to Winnipeg to, to Edmonton and all the rest of the three teams there. Uh, I'm not sure whether Toronto really wants to play Winnipeg, uh, let alone they're all uh, Winnipeg is all three and one at home against Toronto. So uh, you know, and Winnipeg doesn't want to play Edmonton, and there, there's so many scenarios there that. Uh, some most of those teams are, have their number, but I really liked. Uh, let's getting back to the original question. I really liked uh, the, the pushback that they had, uh, even the smaller guys, uh, and, and that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. Uh, if they can keep this up, uh, they really have to get out of their own division, and, and I think that is that's what it's going to come down to. The bottom line is this isn't a uh, for for the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is not a 65 game schedule. This is uh, a playoff schedule. And uh, obviously, they're going to have to have great goaltending in the meantime to to get to that next uh, step. But uh, I really liked, I was impressed last night that everybody pushed back, everybody came back hard, uh, and there was really no, uh, there was no extra baggage that was carried. 
Well, certainly, uh, I want to pick up on your comment about uh, pushback last night. You know, when you see uh, 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 an older player, let, let's uh, perhaps a poor choice of words, uh, uh, given our ages, uh, a more veteran player. Let's 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 try that term. A more veteran player like Joe Thornton, um, a little set to with uh, Ehlers last night. He was jawing at him at the bench, and I, you know, I guess if you're some of the younger players on the Leafs team, you know, you see a veteran uh, leader like Joe Thornton uh, getting his passion uh, passion level up in a game. It's got it's got to rub through the team, Lou. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you you've played uh, NHL uh, for for quite a few years and. Uh, how much do the veteran when you when you see a veteran of, of Joe Thornton's stature? How much how much uh, do the younger guys take notice? I, I really it, it, it does show because some of those guys and the 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 knock against the so-called Leafs that they've always been soft, but now you're you're seeing a a, a guy in his early forties. Uh, mind you, it was against uh, Nicholas Ellers, which isn't much to say start off with, but. You know, he's just not going to take any so-called crap from from anybody, and he's got to show the young kids that if if he if he can do it, if he can back up his action and just show up, not you know, this game is not about taking off your gloves and and, and throwing punches. It's more or less it's about standing up for your rights, standing up for your teammate, uh, and, and it's, it's very noticeable now that once Sundin ran into uh, Wheeler last night, there was somebody there. To make sure that the next guy, uh, that I think Ellers wasn't going to jump in and, and jump Sandine, and even like the other night, Muzzin got physical with uh, with someone. And it's always it's one single guy, and it's I think uh, the, the first game, even with uh, 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 what's his, I can't even. For, uh, one of the other guys jumped in into a certain situation, uh, Simmons. Simmons came in and let the guy know. Listen, if you're going to deal with, uh, if you guys are going to play physical, we're going to back it up too. Uh, but don't uh, don't discredit us and don't take any cheap shots on our better players. Uh, certainly, uh, Wayne Simmons is. Uh, you know, he, he's got a certain presence out there. I give him all the credit. I mean, he's, he's he's you know he's got a glare. You know, you 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 uh, you do something that uh, that irritates. Uh, or, you know, he's going to come and defend his teammates. He certainly makes his. His presence known, and I said that at the beginning of the season. Uh, that kind of leadership uh, is invaluable. Um, now we've got uh, Nick Foligno, um, and I think captain captain of the of the Blue Jackets six or eight years. I'm not sure. Naz um, certainly uh, he brings some leadership. Uh, let's talk about the kid a little bit. The kid uh, number thirty eight. Um, I mean the criticism. I mean this kid's killed. Uh, Rasmus Sundin is the is the is a player I'm talking about. Um, criticism for him, uh, I guess, up until last night was uh, his ability to play a physical game. He certainly got all the tools. He's a cerebral hockey player. Uh, he's got certainly got some skill. There's no question about that. Always the concern was size and uh, being able to. Uh, to uh, play in the corners and be a, sort of a, a bit of a p- physical presence on the defense. Ness, uh, he certainly made him. He made his presence known out there last night. Uh, God bless him. He, he looked pretty good. Ness Rasmus. He's a he's pretty smart player. He's uh, very skilled, and I'm impressed by him. He's really grown in the past couple of years. I don't think you can take him out of the lineup if he's playing like this. 
Well, if he plays like uh, if he plays like he did last night, uh, no, I, I can't see taking him out of the lineup. Uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll certainly see if he can keep that going. Uh, love to see him. I mean, if he's able to play at that level, and 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 not not that he's ever going to be a physical presence on the ice. I don't I don't think that's the point. But if he can handle himself physically and go in the corners and not get pushed around, uh, he's certainly got some talent. And if, as you say, Naz, pretty cerebral hockey player. Um, that would be uh, that would certainly be a feather in uh, Kyle Dubas's uh, cap if uh, Sandine can step up and continue to play at that level. I thought they'd miss Bogosian. Uh, Bogosian's played very well, uh, fulfilled filled his role perfectly in terms of what the what was expected of him. He's gone down for a month, I believe. Hyman is down, but uh, a few of the other guys stepped up last night, Luke. Listen, this, I think that's what Dubas' plan was at, at the trade deadline, and uh, to go out and, and get up, because if Sandin doesn't come in, uh, or Sandin doesn't come in and play uh, to the standards that uh, that they are expecting them, then they just got uh, one more defenseman that's going to come in the line with, uh, I think, with Ben Hutton. And, by, and so Hutton it, has even, hasn't even played yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's more or less. It's like uh, the mentality of uh, I'm going to bring this up. Uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Next player up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it is. And this, I I went through it most of my career that I knew. And I think that that was the problem back then is that we were too scared to get hurt because if a guy coming up from the minors would come in and take our job, uh, we would go down to the minors. So it's just one of those things that when you're given the opportunity, you prove to them that you belong, whether it's a uh, third, second, first line role. And a perfect example is Gachilnuk. He's come into this organization and played the way he has uh, when he was first drafted with Montreal. Had a little bit of grit, a lot of uh, offensive flair with playing with Mitch Marner and, uh, and Austin Matthews. But he doesn't back down from any. He's He's a presence out there, and that's what they're looking for, especially for, for Sandine, who was a former first-round uh, pick, and Lilligren, if he ever gets his opportunity, another first-round pick. Yeah, certainly uh, last night, you know, when you watch Leafs in a game like last night, certainly uh, it really uh, stokes the optimism meter. Uh, we hope, uh, I mean, we got, we're, getting a, uh, we're getting a big diet of Montreal Canadiens over the course of the, I think we played Montreal four of the last eight games and probably headed to a playoff match with the Habs as well. Anyways, on that note, we've, uh, we've got to go to the break. We've got uh, standing by Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster, Harry Neal. Looking forward to that. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Medium Gourmet Pizza Special. Get a Medium Gourmet Pizza for just $13.99. That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front, sipping champagne and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front of you decides to recline his Pizzaville, seat. Pizzaville, stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He's only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. 
If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. trading cards and sports merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us this morning, Lou Franceschetti. A couple of weeks ago, we opened up the lines. We're uh, getting requests for uh, call-ins. I think this would be an appropriate opportunity. If you want to call in, uh, Kevin from Buffalo, if you're out there, our numbers really quickly, area code 416. 360-0740-1866, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. If you want to call in, those are the Zoomer Radio contact contest numbers, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Not that our leaf talk is all over, guys, but I do want to mention uh, Brooke Henderson. Canadian woman golfer, 10th PGA Tour victory yesterday in the L.A. Open. Without question, the best Canadian golfer on the planet. Um, Certainly she is, and with uh, probably top three Canadian women golfers of all time, uh, certainly in the discussion, um, Marlene Stewart-Street and Sandra Post, uh, Elliot, Remarkable, remarkable golfer, and we'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge her 10th PGA Tour victory. That may be the most ever for a Canadian professional golfer. Uh, talking about golf, uh, guys, can't get it, can't get out on the golf course. Uh, uh, unfortunately, golf courses uh, in Ontario are closed. Interestingly enough, uh, the only place in the world apparently right now where golf courses are closed, though. Golf and pickleball. Um, don't quite understand it, but uh, who are uh, uh, love to know the science behind shutting down golf courses and pickleball courts? Uh, how how that is an unsafe activity? I uh, managed to go, got, get in three rounds before they shut them down and uh, walked all three rounds. Probably didn't get within twenty thirty feet of anybody. Um, I think it's a sport that can be done safely, uh, and certainly. The golf courses I were playing were instituting all the procedures necessary. Um, but I guess we all have to do our part, Naz. Uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Is the CFL dead, Wally, with uh, talk about them going with the XFL? 
Uh, no, I don't understand the CFL is dead. Um, uh, my understanding is they, they, they have a potential schedule starting in August, if I'm not mistaken. I saw an announcement this year, and they tentatively have a Grey Cup December the 5th in Hamilton, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I just read through that really quickly. So I don't think the CFL's dead. They do have some tentative plans, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they... Uh, they will be able to open up this year. Anyways, I am advised that uh, Kevin from Buffalo is on the line. Kevin, how are you this morning? Good morning, gentlemen. A very pleasant middle of April, and truly I, I hope the very best for all of Canada as we move forward on all situations. And, you know, you took the words right out of my mouth on the CFL. You uh, summed it up perfectly because... I do follow the Canadian Football League. I, I visit various websites, and uh, what you just said, sir, is what they are aiming to do, and I really hope it can play out. It's an exciting league. There's some many good uh, ball players in the league, so I'm hoping the very best on the CFL. And, and one question... I'm sort of curious how the reaction has been with the Toronto Raptors playing down in Tampa. And I realize with the health situation it has to be, but has the NBA been received well with them playing away? And I did watch yesterday's game. They played in, in New York City. They played the Knicks. And Mr. Nurse, the coach, been a good effort this year and they're they're sort of like hit peaks and valleys and he was very confident i don't know if you gentlemen heard his post-game report but very very confident and uh, i wish the raptors so much success the nba is an exciting league and naturally and deservedly so the maple leafs are, are a number one but the raptors are very good and one last quick comment Little concerned on the Blue Jays pitching this season. Uh, so far, the games have been a little uneven, and I will close. I'll let you gentlemen comment and enjoy your, your radio you, station a lot. Thanks, Kevin. We really appreciate your call. Thanks so much for calling in. Let's, uh, let's address a couple of uh, Kevin's points, Nez. Uh, the Raptors, their reception in Florida, it's, uh, you know, it's, I mean, check the, for them not being in town, I, uh, I got to tell you, and then not being uh, from what, uh, unlikely to be a playoff team, uh, they're sort of a little bit off of my radar screen right now. Um, have watched a couple of games. I mean, uh, they are even, I believe they're getting some fans the last game I saw down in Tampa. I, I think, uh, it's probably gone as well as could have been expected, uh, them being, you know, completely away from Toronto. Uh, I'm sure it hasn't been easy on the players or perhaps uh, the, the staff and uh, having a home from way home. But I, I, my sense is that they've been uh, well-treated and well-received uh, down in Tampa. It's not been a great season for the Raptors. Uh, They're uh, unlikely to make the playoffs. Um, some interesting questions for next year. Masai's not hasn't been signed yet. Uh, hasn't renewed his contract. 
and the issue becomes are they how are they going to finish up the big the big raptors issue appears to be now how are they going to finish up um they uh the question is what is their record going to be they they actually do have a shot perhaps at what they call a play on play in playoff game uh they're not completely out of it uh, but then the other aspect is if they fall in the standings, then they, they may end up with, uh, with a lottery pick, right? So it's, it's uh, you know, no, no, no professional athlete will go out and deliberately not try his best. I, I would suggest 99% of professional athletes will not tank a game on purpose. Uh, but Raptors are in a sort of a no-man's land right now. Naz. Raptors are out because the Wizards are playing so well. They're two games ahead of them with ten games left. It's going to be very tough, and they have they have a really tough schedule in the last ten games. Um, yes. They they should throw out the season because it's hard to play seventy two road games, Wally. And yeah, uh, I, I think the Raptor fans are expecting a better better things next year. Hopefully yeah. they'll be here again. Yeah, I I, I don't get a sense of. Uh, I mean, we're thrilled with what the Raptors have achieved in the last few years where, you know, this is for lack of a better term, a throwaway season. Um, hate to use that term, but I, I don't, I don't think there's significant disappointment in Raptors land. We understand the challenges, you know, losing, uh, you know, uh, at, at the end of last season, Gasol and Ibaka, um, certainly, and then not having, being able to play, you know, any, for lack of a better term, home games, uh, even though if the game's in Canada, you can't have any fans. But, you know, there, there's a certain level that comes from being at home, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been a challenging season. So certainly we're not here to criticize. We're, we're here to be thankful for, for, the, for, for the great uh, great performances of the last few years. And, uh, you know, we're going to build, and, uh, you know, hopefully we turn it around next year. And uh, I, I think Masai is, is, is if not the, the, the best bas- basketball executive, uh, pretty close to it. He's been instrumental in the success of the Toronto Raptors over the last uh, seven, eight years, however long it's been since he came here. And uh, it would be really nice to see his signature on a on another contract for him to stay here and commit to the Raptors' future. Lou, uh, you're you're right there, Wally. You know they've done a great job, uh, especially down in Tampa. When you're when you're down there for a long period of time, it's more or less you kind of. You kind of settle in. I think the the, uh, the families have all settled in. The the, war, the weather is nice and warm. Uh, but again, it, it's never like Toronto because the backing that uh, the Raptors have gotten uh, in this city is just totally unbelievable. Everywhere you go, there's Raptors per, uh, paraphernalia. People are wearing Raptors stuff, and uh, I would imagine that's the one thing that they really miss is the. Eighteen to twenty thousand screaming people that uh, come to every game and uh, uh, and make them go. Anyways, probably have time for another quick call if you're inclined. Toll free one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero four one six three six zero zero seven four zero. So, item that came up last night. I noticed it uh, uh, checking uh, checking some of reports this morning, um, and I think it's important enough that. Uh, I'd like to, I'd li- I'd certainly like to I mean you 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 hear, you hear all these cynical stories about professional athletes being overpaid and you know now now they're even getting criticized some of them for their political opinions and certainly don't want to get into that debate 
but sometimes professional athletes uh, get criticized for their egos and for their selfishness. And I think when we have an opportunity, when we have an opportunity to call out athletes for the good that we, they are doing, then I, I, I think it's appropriate to do that. And, and this is a story that came out last night on Hockey Night in Canada. Elliot Friedman broke it and it was confirmed. Uh, it's been confirmed from other sources. Uh, Jason Spezza, the uh, Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, uh, who uh, uh, looked around and said, some of my brethren in the American Hockey League are, are, are facing some challenges right now because they're, uh, they're shut down and they're not making the salary. So he's led an effort to pool money amongst some of the well-compensated uh, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf players. And, they've, uh, and uh, they didn't, really didn't want to go public with this, and John Tavares was kind of surprised by it. Uh, they were trying to keep it to themselves. But uh, good for them, good for the Toronto Maple Leafs leadership, good for some of their players that they've taken an initiative to look around and say, you know what, guys, we're doing okay. We're getting paid. We've got and, and interesting about Jason Spezza, he's at league minimum, but he's done well during his career. And I guess he felt an obligation to, uh, to give back a little bit. So they've led an effort to uh, raise some money uh, to help out some of the uh, Toronto Marley AHL players. And, you know, we, we, we get the opportunity to criticize professional athletes. Man, I just think it's important that we give them, we, uh, we give pats on the back when they're well-deserved. So Jason Spezza and the other Toronto Maple Leafs who are involved in this, uh, congratulations to you. Uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful effort. Uh, it's wonderful leadership. And... It's about all I, all I can say about that, Naz. But uh, I, I, I mean, love to see. And I know, and, and I don't want to be critical of professional athletes. So many of them do so much good in some of their communities, no question. Um, and but we get an opportunity like this one to uh, to mention it on the air. Why not, Naz? Yeah, what a great gesture that is. Uh, very impressive, Spetsa. He's been all that the least could ask for in the time he's played here since his career is ending here. He's going to be very, very important in the playoffs. Yeah, he certainly in uh, certainly will. He's 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 dynamite on the faceoffs, and his nickname is Vintage. Uh, Lou, former NHL player, um, you see leadership like this. Um, your thoughts? You know, it, it was great that uh, that NHL players are finally starting to, to speak up because they look at all the other sports. Uh, and they, a lot of players that come to the forefront, uh, they they speak their mind. Sometimes they get criticized for it, but at least it's it's nice to see that uh, it's about time that the players in the National Hockey League start stepping forward and, and really saying what's on their mind instead of what is supposedly scripted by by certain and a lot of organizations. Yeah, certainly this effort was not scripted. It was an initiative from the report, say from Jason Spezza, and we get into the concept of. Uh, uh, of uh, professional athletes, yeah. You mean uh, that? That was one of the. You know, we chatted with Brian Burke on the air a couple of times, and that was one of the thoughts that he thought it was so important. Uh, uh, when he, whenever he was a general manager involved in a franchise, he always thought it important that his players take uh, take part in the community, take part in all the efforts to to uh, improve things in the community. 
uh, in today's world, uh, obviously, um, they have to be careful what they say. Everything is, is micro-analyzed to the nth degree, so a lot of them are very careful, and I don't blame them. Um, but uh, when you got an opportunity, and they have a platform, you know, you know, the people sit up and take note of what they do. People, you know, you know, they show up. I mean, you know, they show up at sick children's hospital and they make uh, they make a couple of kids smile. Uh, that in a way that other people, uh, you know, you know, Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner, and you know, I've seen their faces around at a lot of charitable events. It's an important. It's important, and they have. They can do so much good, and to Jason Spezza, uh, John Tavares, and and some of the other Leafs, they they didn't want it made public. Uh, we don't know exactly uh, who was involved, but whoever was involved, uh, our thanks. Good work, fantastic stuff, guys. We only have a few minutes left. Uh, I got I got a question. Yeah, who, who did the Leafs trade in 1991 to get Mike Foligno? Who did the Leafs trade to get Mike Foligno? Who was he playing for? Was he, he wasn't a... Who was he playing okay, for? You know, I, I, want, I want Louis to answer. Wally. Yeah. Stop it right there, okay? What, don't, don't tell me it was Lou Franceschetti. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we stopping it right there? It's just it's Because really I want to talk about back. something that's going on big this weekend or this week. What's going on? The NFL draft. Okay, I know. I have it. I have it next on my list, actually. But we only got two minutes left. So, Lou, you have the platform. You got oh, a minute. I, 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 listen, I don't want the platform. I just, I want to Go know what, what you guys think of uh, of what's going to happen with uh, with the third and fourth pick there with uh, with San Francisco. I know what I'd like to see happen, but. Uh, Listen, there's going to be about six guys from Alabama okay. going in the first round anyway. So. Okay, Lou, don't, uh, let, don't make us uh, don't make us hold our breath here. You you okay. said you like you what you like to see happen. So okay, so tell us. Well, no, it's it's just that that, that San Francisco pick is going to be up in the air on whether they're going to go for Mac Jones, Trey Trey Lance, or uh, or Justin Fields. And you're conceding number one, Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, obviously, and number oh, yeah. two, Trevor Zach... Lawrence and Zach Wilson are going to go one two. Are going to go one two, and uh, you don't think Justin Fields is going to go number three? Not, not from the reports I'm reading right now. Obviously, he's got that uh, he's got a medical condition with epilepsy, uh, and his workouts were weren't as great as uh, people had made him out to be, and. Uh, Again, these are rumors that are spread by certain people uh, in the uh, in the NFL, and he's got back uh, he's got bad working habits. Anyways, we'll uh, you know may have an opportunity to discuss that one next week. And the NFL draft's coming up uh, the end of this week, April 29th to May the first. Now, uh, guys, we've got about uh, 25 seconds left. I'm going to go around really, really quickly, really quickly. MVP Austin Matthews. Where is he? Be, uh, where is he in the mix? Has to be Connor McDavid. He's having a great year. I like Austin, and I preached for him all year. But I think it's going to be Connor McDavid. Lou, I like Nathan McKinnon. Oh, interesting choice. Interesting choice. I I like Connor McDavid. I like McKinnon too, and I like Austin Matthews number three. We'll see what happens. To all our listeners, stay safe, please. Uh, be well. Uh, We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thanks for listening in. We appreciate it. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.
Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.